Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more in pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 1st. We made it to August. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Today is trade deadline day. If you're unaware, I stream every single morning on playback.tv slash PitcherList. 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time. However, today is an extra bonus stream, the Trade Deadline Show. I've done this for four years now with Paul Spohr, and we're going to do it at 3 p.m. Eastern Time through the end of the deadline at playback.tv slash Come and join us. Why is it so cool there? Why is it not on Twitch? Because I can invite you, yes, you, the listener, onto the stream to talk about these trades as they happen. I cannot wait. We can also have MLB Network playing behind us as we stream as well. So it's going to be such a fun time. It's absolutely free. There are no ads. There's no subs you have to get. You just have to create a very an absolute free account on playback.tv and show up at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to bring in also fantasy analysts from around the industry, baseball analysts as well that are going to talk about prospects, all this fun stuff. So come on by 3 p.m. Eastern time at playback.tv slash pitcher list. It is 100% free. Okay, Marcus Stroman, Three innings of six hundred runs yesterday. What the heck? So here's the funny thing that I actually looked into, and I think I did a disservice to everyone about how high I ranked Stroman earlier on the season because he had this amazing 228 ERA and 102 whip through his first 16 starts. But we have this amazing stat on the site now that I haven't really given enough of a spotlight to this year, which is called hit luck. And what hit luck does is it says, based on the pitches the pitcher threw, how many hits do we expect them to allow? Just in a generic, like, hey, generally these kinds of pitches result hits at this kind of rate. Thus, we will expect these kinds of hits. And to see a hit luck above, say, 5 or 10 um, is our better is a better explanation of BABIP. Sometimes you see, like, a low BABIP from a guy, but he's throwing good enough pitches that, yeah, those should not be hits in the first place. So it gives us a better version of BABIP. And the hit luck for Marcus Stroman across those 16 starts was negative 18. That means he allowed 18 fewer hits than he should have based on the pitches he threw. So you could say, yes, the Cubs defense is very good and it has helped. But right, there was a lot of good fortune going on for that sparkling 228 ERA and 102 whip. And what have we seen since then? Well, Stroman has an 8 ERA with a 185 whip across his last six starts. And then the, now this is the seventh with 600 runs and three innings, which is obviously going to make that even worse than what we just saw. And this start in particular uh, just obviously was not very good for Stroman. But even before that, um, it was a plus nine hit luck in his last six games. So essentially the BABIP is going in the opposite direction for Marcus Stroman. What does it mean now moving forward? I think that you just keep going with Stroman. It's just a pendulum swinging one way uh, against the other. And this was, by the way, a plus two hit luck. So that may now make it plus 11 over his last seven starts after the minus 18 that we saw uh, previously. That I think that just gives all the context in the world about what's going on with Stroman and how he's not actually that much worse. It's just a little bit of luck going against him. And yeah, he's not probably at his absolute peak, but he's not absolutely terrible now and destined to be so for the rest of the year. Lots to talk about there with Stroman. 
I'm going to move through the others pretty quickly. Alex Wood came in after Junis, not necessary uh, to consider him. Uh, same with Tyler Glasnow against the Yankees. I mean, obviously, you know how to do this is what I mean. Ace is going to ace against the Yankees. The slider is so good. Nova Sendegard did one earned run in 5.1 innings with zero Ks against the Astros, and that's hilarious. Congrats for having a good start for the Guardians, I guess, but no thank you whatsoever. It's kind of interesting to see that Syndergaard is a replacement for Aaron Savali, um, and they got a major prospect for Savali, and now it's Syndergaard. They feel like it's an equal, but it's not. He's much worse than Savali, in my view. Um, Kyle Gibson against the Jays got the win. You do not know how to feel about Kyle Gibson because it's the first start since May 25th that Kyle Gibson has allowed fewer than 200 runs. Think about that. That, ooh, mm, no. No, okay. Uh, I don't know what to expect with Kyle Gibson. I absolutely love the fact that we saw Chase Silseth yesterday. I didn't expect it because Griffin Canning was supposed to go, but he has general soreness, which does suggest to me that Canning should pitch in his next turn of the rotation. It might even be like three, four days or so. They just want to give him maybe one break, and that's it. But Chase Silseth is doing really good things, and he got the win against Atlanta. Five innings of one and run, three hits, zero walks, four Ks. We didn't even expect he was going to get this start. He got it like three hours or four hours before the start happened. And that slider is doing wonderful things still. Learned so many outs um, over the plate. While his 95 to 96 mile per hour heater had a 42% CSW with six whiffs against the Atlanta Braves. Like, this is good. Sorry for the cough. Uh, we're all human here. And Patrick Sandoval, honestly, to me, shouldn't be in this rotation. Should be Chase Silseth. But there's also the conversation of, wait, aren't the Angels kind of in maybe on Verlander or maybe someone else, the rotation. So what the heck is going on with Silseth? Maybe, I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe Verlander goes to the to the Angels and they deal Silseth back to the Mets. Just going to throw that out there. If, if Silseth gets moved at the deadline now, I am so in on Chase Silseth with that new breaking ball. George Kirby against the Red Sox. Five innings, one run, four hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Uh, you love to see the strikeouts come back. It's very interesting to see that there were 14 foul balls versus two in play for the four-seamer, which allowed him to get more two-strike counts and essentially throw more pitches in two-strike counts. Thus, you will see more strikeouts. It's just that simple. I actually even went to Kyle Bland. I was like, hey, can we do something that is like a foul ball to ball and play ratio that maybe suggests more strikeouts or not? Just something to think about as I'm always wondering if there are ways to pinpoint certain uh, certain things that happen consistently. But yeah, foul balls are noisy, so whatever. I don't really think that Kirby's going to have more than a strikeout an inning for as long as the uh, he doesn't have that wish with pitch um, in his secondary uh, offerings. JP France against the Guardians got the win. He's a Toby, and that's nice, and he should be fine with the Yankees next. Um, I don't really love the fact that the cutter and four seamer just like here they are in the zone and whatever, but the change in curve look good, and that's cool. So the Lucas survived cores. That's great. I, I raised him up in the list, and I had some regrets because I was like, wait, he does get the Rockies and cores now, and then the Dodgers, and I don't really feel comfortable with that. And I see like, what was it plus seven or plus nine? It was more of just kind of pushing him into the tier above um, Stroman and Kelly. Because I felt like Seth Lugo's just been that good. And what do you know? He comes through with nine strikeouts and 200 runs in seven innings. That's so good. And I guess, like, we got to start him against the Dodgers now, right? Uh, Taiwan Walker, huge props to him. This is Taiwan magic all the way through because it was 6.2 innings of 200 runs, six hits, two walks, and four Ks. And he had a giant velocity dip early on in this game. He did get better as the game went on, but it was minus two ticks overall by the end. And he found a way. He found a way to survive and make this work still. So props to him, truly, for doing that. 
he gets the Royals next, and it feels like, all right, fine, I guess we're still going with Taiwan Walker, but yeah, that's not going to last through the end. Um, Ryan Nelson came through inside of San Francisco with 6.2 innings of two end runs, but just one strike. How am I supposed to butter my bread with this? And this is not going to be something that actually sticks around for Nelson. I really do not encourage starting him with any sort of consistency. Corbin Burns against the Nationals, six innings of two earned runs, four hits, three walks, and five Ks. I want to give him the Aces Gun Ace label. I really do. And I like to see that the cutter got lower, which is nice, but he's only getting five whiffs on it out of 56 thrown. And the secondaries just went three over 32 whiffs. This is not the like demanding success Burns that I want him to be. Now, has he acted like an ace for you? Yes, and I kind of feel like if it's still this kind of neutral thing, not really neutral, I mean, this is a 117 whip with a 3 ERA and 5Ks. I mean, I guess that kind of is. It's not really like definitively or de facto ace, kind of almost like the Bailey special there. Um, Then, you know, if he does great things next time, then fine. I guess I'll give it to him. I just want a better than a 5 over 3 caper walk, you know? Austin Gomber against the Padres, whatever. Uh, Inside, of course. I mean, happy you survived, I guess. Um, I also, by the way, I want to make a correction. I know I said on the podcast yesterday that the Padres are bad against lefties. I apologize. Not true. Um, I, I probably misheard something and it got in my head and I went back after the podcast. I was like, wait, I actually don't think that's right. So not a thing whatsoever. The Padres are actually really good against the lefties. So take that back completely and props to Gomber because the Padres are actually really good against lefties and he still did well inside of course. So that's cool. But I don't believe in Gomber. Jake Irvin against the Brewers. 5.1 innings, 200 runs, 6 hits, 2 walks, and 2 Ks. Uh, yeah, no no thank you whatsoever. Um, Eric Cabrera against the Phillies. 3 innings of 200 runs, 2 hits, 6 walks, and 3 Ks. Oh my gosh. Eric Cabrera, what are you doing, buddy? Like, the, the changeup at 41% strikes is just so bad. And it, the monkey paw curled as I said, hey, I just want fastball strikes above 50%. And we got that. And then, of course, the changeup, right, you know. So he gets Texas next. I feel like maybe the blister is still affecting him in some way. I also do wonder if the Marlins are just going to demote him and swap him with Yuri Perez. Or maybe there's a trade deadline acquisition that allows them to rest Edward Cabrera and figure out what the heck is going on. Because he cannot have six walks and really, what was it, five innings and two starts? Sure, it was a blister last time. But man, not fun with Edward Cabrera. You can honestly drop him at this point. I feel like it's too much of a volatile situation. And I had massive regrets reading this, uh, well, actually looking to the start last night and thinking, man, you know what? I was too high on Ever Cabrera. I should have had him underneath that Toby tier of like Yusei Kikuchi and whatnot. Um, I let you down there. Nick Pavetta, 7.1 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 0 walks, and 10 strikeouts against the Mariners. You love to see that. Uh, coming through once again, and I wouldn't even say that the slider was as good as we've seen in previous starts and still low four seamers to curveballs and, and sweepers. I mean, lots of, uh, I think I have four called strikeouts on four seamers, three of them being low fastballs. And that kind of tells you it's a, sometimes the exact gallon method of having low breaking balls. Thus, you can freeze them with two strikes with a fastball down if they expect a secondary pitch and they're just too late on that one. Uh, they're not going to react. They think it's going to be the slider that goes out of the zone and it just stays there and there's strike three. And that's really cool. And he does get the Jays next, but then it's the Royals after. And honestly, I feel like, I mean, sure, you can pick up Pavetta, take a chance with the strikeouts. If you're in that kind of position, great, because I do want to start him with the Royals after. Uh, that's three really good starts from Pavetta. Normally, he goes in waves of being like really good to them really bad. So let's just hope that this wave this is kind of treated like a Vargas rule right now. And then we'll we'll talk when it goes bad. Charlie Morton got 23 whiffs for a Gallows pole. And it doesn't matter because he had a very poor quality start. Three earned runs and nine base runners in six innings as the whip is over 1.4. And it's just so annoying. He's the ultimate hipster. It is eight strikeouts. The curveball was amazing. 
But yeah, it's really not fun rostering Charlie Morton right now. I think that's three straight starts where he combined for 11 earned runs in those three games. That's really ugh. Come on, Morton. You're for you're pitching for Atlanta. You should be like a win strikeout generator with good ratios. Just like serviceable ones. Not this like four ERA with a one four whip. Like, come on, give us like a three 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 or just give a three five with a one twenty? Can you do that for us? Chris Bassett against the Orioles of six innings, four and runs, seven hits, two walks, and seven Ks. He's one run more than a very poor quality start. He carried good uh, CSW marks on the sinker and the cutter. Sorry, and Sorry, sinker, the curve, and the four-seamer. The other uh, the pitches weren't so good. What are you going to do? I feel like you just keep going with Bassett here. Uh, I love the fact that he actually won 113 pitches. Sure, it was a little bit inefficient to get there and had to labor a little bit, but the fact that he can and that he will consistently to go to six innings, I think is a very good thing. And then there's Andrew Abbott, and I've been giving Abbott a lot of praise because the slider is much better than I initially said, which means I'm more in on him, and the fastball command has been much better. However, this was not a good slider, and the four-seamer was not well-spotted, and it and it turned into 3.1 innings of four and runs, five hits, three walks, and five Ks. And that line is kind of what I was worried about when he was doing so well before. That said... You know, he had a massively high left on base rate, like 96%, something stupid, a really low BABIP, 100th percentile of 1.9 ERA, which we knew wasn't going to stick around. Um, but I didn't really expect the three walks, and I think that he's going to be better. Like, this isn't, you know, the whole thing of Andrew Abbott is we're trying to get a sense of who he is, and people want to say, like, oh, cool, he's like my ratio winner and all these strikeouts and stuff. And I say, no. And then you see a start like this or the one against the, the Brewers that was 600 runs and say, oh, no, now it's all crashing down and it's that. I'm like, no. Andrew Abbott is a very good starter. Uh, like, he's a holly to me. He's someone who should be like six innings with those really nice, good moments. And generally, you know, I, I see this one and I think like he's a little bit better than this. He's going to go through those rough moments a decent amount because he's a rookie and that's just kind of what happens. You you are not consistent when you are a rookie traditionally. You're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have, you know, being a veteran is figuring out on the fly when you're having a bad day, how to get out of it and to fix it. That is what truly a veteran pitcher is to me. And Andrew Abbott, very good. And maybe he is better at that than the average rookie, but that's going to happen. We still stick with Andrew Abbott. I really think the slider is that good. I think the four-seamer is doing well when it is commanded. I don't think he all of a sudden has just lost all of his command. And Johnny Brito against the Rays did not do well whatsoever. He came in. It was very interesting. He came into the game. Uh, we didn't really know he was going to start in the first place. Then he got called up. We didn't know what was going on. They said that Domingo Herman had a physical issue. So then, okay. And then Brito's starting. And then he warms up the pen and throws five innings of really good baseball. What? Uh, eight whiffs in uh, on the curveball, 30% CSW. Both the changeup and four were each had CSWs above 40%. What? All right, what, maybe it's an opener thing moving forward. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it was like he had the physical issue. Maybe he was delayed and he needed more time to get ready for the day. I, I legitimately don't know uh, what's going on uh, with Herman, but that's good to see. At least he came in and was good, and I guess we just keep holding on there. Um, so this podcast is sponsored by Underdog uh, Fantasy and uh, Ranger Suarez. Um, today is someone with 25.5 fantasy points against the Mar- Miami Marlins. I am taking the under on that one. Um, I just don't think that Ranger Suarez is in a good place for you to really go and chase this. 
Um, there's also uh, Zach Eflin with five strikeouts or higher. And I think that I'm going to go with a higher on that one. Actually, above five strikeouts. I believe that he's going to have that against the Yankees. The Yankees, of course, just struck at 18 times. I think Zach Eflin's in a very good place. Um, Freddie Peralta, 5.5 strikeouts or, uh, or higher. And I love that one um, for Freddie Peralta. I think like he's off the 13 strikeout game. He's going against the Nationals. I think he's going to go more than 5.5 strikeouts. And Jose Quintana against the Kansas City Royals is 2.5 earned runs. I'm going to say lower on that. I think this is a fantastic matchup for Quintana against the Royals. Um, and uh, I think his command is really good, and I would take those. Now, you can join Underdog Fantasy today with promo code PITCHERLIST and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. You must be 18 or older, 21 or older in my, uh, in Massachusetts and Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and pre- present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That is 1-800-639-873. 8-3, or text next step to 53342 in New York call the 24/7 hope line and 18778 hope ny or text hope ny 467369 or in Tennessee call or text TN redline at 1-800-889-9789 looking forward to today's games we have Spencer Strider, Zach Gallen, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, Fran Valdez, Freddie Peralta and Justin Steele all in the top tier of auto start today for me. I know Framber Valdez has not been good, but I think he's much better than has he has been. And I feel like us looking at the last six starts is just not really the profit for the future. For Framber Valdez, he had the injury stuff. He didn't throw his cutter for a moment. He's still very, very good. And he's going against the Guardians. I think that's fine. Freddie Peralta, again, the Washington Nationals, I feel like it's a very good one. And then you have Justin Steele against the Reds. That is cool. A probable start here. You have Zach Eflin, Bryce Miller, Carlos Rodon, Lance Lynn, Brian Bayo, Jose Quintana, and Alex Cobb. Carlos Rodon, I'm very much in. I had a long rant about it yesterday and many other times, so uh, you understand where I stand with that against the Rays. I think he's going to be so much better than he has been these past four starts. And also, his last start was way better with his fastball and slider than the other three starts as well. Jose Quintana is a stream pick of the day against the Royals. I just feel, again, his command is really good. Uh, and it's exactly what we want to see. Lance Lance making his debut for the Dodgers, by the way. Very cool. Um, against the Oakland Athletics, that's a very obvious one there as well. Um, and everything else is pretty straightforward. Uh, question was start here. You have Josiah Gray against the Brewers. You have Gavin Williams against the Astros. Yoan Aviedo against the Tigers. Matt Manning against Pittsburgh. I know he just led 700 runs, but 95 miles per hour on the fastball and slider was getting whiffs and it's just about command now. Andrew Heaney now starts for the, the Angels against the, uh, White Sox. Sorry, not for the Angels, for the Rangers, I should say. Uh, if he does have his command in order, this can be really good against the White Sox because they will whiff at those sliders and changeups, but... Who knows if you're going to have those. And Kyle Bradish against the Jays. We'll see what happens there. If he has his fastball, sorry, if he has his slider and curve and does not allow balls in play on his fastball, that can be very good. But the Jays are very hot. And the do not start tiers, the other side is Hyunjin Ryu against the Orioles. He's come back from Tommy John. Very excited about that. That is a spec ad. Not someone I would go and get. Ranger Suarez against the Marlins. He's not in a good groove. I would not trust him whatsoever there. Miles Michaelis against the Twins. He's starting because he got ejected so soon over the weekend and like, He's going to uh, get uh, this start here. I don't want to do it. Ben Lively, Patrick Sandoval against Atlanta. No. Waldachuk, Ken Waldachuk, and Zach Granke, Peter Lambert, Ryan Weathers, and Jesse Schultens. Don't want to touch any of those. Looking forward to tomorrow. Garrett Cole and Shane McClanahan are dueling, and that's amazing. Uh, and you start them both. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Joe Ryan are also going. Same with Logan Webb, Kodai Senga, and Joe Musgrove. Musgrove goes into cores, but I don't really care. Joe Ryan hasn't been as good, but I don't really care, too. I think the fastball is still amazing, and the secondaries will be good enough against the Cardinals. Now, probably start to you, you have Logan Allen, sorry, Logan Gilbert against the um, 
Red Sox. The Red Sox are doing really well right now, and Logan Gilbert went one for 50 whiffs on his four seam, which is an atrocity in his last start. But I still feel like Logan Gilbert, again, should be better than he has been. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez probably isn't making the start for the Tigers, as he should be traded today. So monitor that. I don't know when Eduardo Rodriguez will start again for whatever team that is. Um, but generally, the matchups are good. I wrote a lot about it inside the streaming article for today that will get, get deleted tomorrow. But if you want more analysis on that, check out the uh, streaming article that I have. Uh, Tony Gonsolin against the Athletics seems like a solid play. And he's a Toby and uh, it's Athletics. Yusei Kikuchi against Baltimore uh, is someone... I, I like it and I hate it because Baltimore, Baltimore is doing really well. However, Kikuchi's new curveball is really good. And he's throwing pitches in the zone well. That is his breaking balls. And the fastballs have been better commanded as of late. Jack Flaherty's fine against the Twins. I feel like this might be the start that makes me lead with him on Wednesday for the roundup to say, actually, like I don't really want to do this. Um, and uh, he's not been doing what we want him to see with his slider this year, but he's still decent enough to start him here. Tanner Bybee gets the Astros, and Grayson Rodriguez gets the Jays, so I'm not really a huge fan of those because of the matchups, and Tanner Bybee isn't totally locked in forever now. Same with Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, questionable start here, you have John Gray against the White Sox. I feel like this is the beginning of the trend for him, as with the slider being so good last time. The last piece of the puzzle is the fastball command, but even with just the slider, he could take down the White Sox. Um, and that's a, it's a very debatable start for me there with uh, John Gray. Cutter Crawford is our stream pick of the day against the Mariners as he's come through with his fastball and his cutter. Uh, I really hope to see more development with the breaking balls moving forward, but I feel like against the Seattle Mariners, you're actually okay with this one. Dylan Cease gets the Rangers, and Lucas Giolito gets Atlanta, which is really frustrating because those are really good offenses, and I kind of want to lean with those guys, but also Dylan Cease has been really bad. 134 whip this year. And uh, we don't really know what we're going to get there. While Lucas Giolito against Atlanta, you just don't want to face Atlanta right now. Mackenzie Gore against the Brewers. I just don't know what I'm going to get from Mackenzie Gore. I don't care that's against the Brewers who are average-ish against lefties in the past month. Um, you have Wade Miley coming back from the IL, which is cool, but it's a still Maybe he goes five innings against the Nationals. Braxton Garrett had a better slider start last time, but the cutter and sinker still need to be improved as he gets the Phillies. Uh, Brandon Williamson has a chance against the Cubs because he has higher velocity on his fastball and cutter, and he has decent command on them, but he doesn't really have a third pitch. And you're looking for like six innings of one or two and run ball here inside of Wrigley, which helps it's not inside of Cincy. And right now, Blanco might be starting for the Astros. And I kind of like Blanco. I really think his slider is great. Um, and it's a decent win chance if he does start. But it might not be because the Astros are in heavy pursuit of Justin Verlander. And by the time I finish this podcast, maybe even Justin Verlander is dealt to the Astros. Um, and the do not start tier is Drew Smiley against the Reds. He looked better last time. It was only 4.1 innings and I'm just not ready to commit yet. Uh, Hogan Harris against the Dodgers. Freeland in course hosting the Padres. Absolutely not. Osvaldo Abito against the Tigers. I would like more, except that I don't know if he's going to go five or six innings. I don't know what the Pirates are doing with him. Alec Marsh, Yanni Chirinos, and whoever the Diamondbacks uh, pitch. It might be someone they get at the deadline. By the way, Chirinos for the for Atlanta, it seems like a decent win chance, except that I think like everything else is going to be detrimental, and that means he has to have a win at the end of the fifth, and I don't even know if he's going to go five innings. All right, that is it for today. Thanks so much for all your support. I hope to see you on the trade deadline show. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your bounce be low and your strikeouts high.